This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, it's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Party like a rock star, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, August 11th, wherever and however you are connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who 100% knows his walkout song when he takes the field of competition, Jerem Jordan. Creed Hire, said no one. Uh, Nickelback, look at this, Griff! <laughs> yeah, out of tune on purpose. Okay, so Edwin Diaz of the Mets, formerly of the Mariners, has this really awesome, like, trumpet, mari- like, solo mariachi style when he comes out, and the crowd's, like, super into it. And uh, Mr. Matt or whatever their mascot, whatever his name is, he's got the trumpet going. Anyway, so Roger Sherman of The Ringer last night was like, I've thought long and hard about this, and I think the NFL needs this. I think it needs to happen when a punter comes on the field. <laughs> so we made our own version of that with a different song with Ryan Rico. So this is what it would look like. He's kay? your closer. This is, yeah, he comes in to do a job, right? So Hinkley Rapati, you know, they don't get uh, the conversion there. In comes Ryan Rico. <laughs> this is what we need. Just, yep. Just seal the deal, Ryan. And Hit li- him back on the one. And listen, Edwin Diaz, you know, Hispanic, it makes sense. You know, to have more Hispanic type music. I like that. Whatever Ryan Rico wants, like a baseball player, the walk-up song. He could have whatever. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a, a Latin trumpet of sorts. But that, that would be fun. I think, like, I think the punters should have, like, a song. I think my walkout song should be Marlins Will Soar by Scott Stepp. <laughs> this is a favorite of ours. Or maybe Friday by Rebecca Black. Yeah, either one. <laughs> Terrible. That would be funny. Like, obviously a punter isn't the closer per se. But, like, it would be funny. So, uh, Robbie McCombs on Twitter said, well, what if, like, when Mason Wake and Houston Haymuli came down on third and one at the goal Yeah, yeah. They come in, and it's, like, some song that just gets everybody juiced. By the way, I was told this story yesterday at BYU Photo Day. I wanted to share it. Against Georgia Southern, BYU's lacking a little bit of juice at the end of the third quarter. It's a close game. It feels like BYU might lose this weird game in Georgia. You were there. All of a sudden, super weird. a song plays. Now, this same song is the song that BYU football plays before every game. Before, I'm, I'm not going to say what the song is, just to, it's the, for the team. They play a song that gets them jacked coming out of the locker yes. room. Georgia Southern, unbeknownst to them, plays the same song BYU always plays to leave the locker room. And good gosh, they went crazy on the sideline, and it jolted BYU back to life, and they win that game. How about that? Oh, I, I witnessed it first. And then the like, burrito was thrown. You've aw- you have awakened the beast. They played right? the same song. Be careful. And the team went nuts. Like they, <laughs> like, they loved it. We need some walkout music for this show lineup, frankly. Let the beat drop on the number one thing BYU football can accomplish in this upcoming season. What do the Cougars have to accomplish in their final year of independence. Chris Brooks, the transfer running back, goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. Don't want to miss that. Plus, the coolest pilot picture you have ever seen. It's so awesome. It is unbelievable. All that and more coming up. But first, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football held its photo day in the indoor practice facility yesterday for headshots, team photo position groups, and other media needs. The Cougars are holding practice number six today. Harvey Longy and the Patriots back to work. Longy in his second season with New England. 
as they kick off against the New York Giants. His second season, meaning after he had his brief walk away from the Patriots because he went to the Jets, uh, among some other places. Then uh, this will be the first NFL preseason game with a former Cougar playing this season. This opens the floodgates, Jeremy. Yep, let's go. For this weekend. Because you know what we have tomorrow? Tyler Algier and the Falcons against Jamal Williams, Mr. Hard Knocks himself, and the Lions. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be awesome, man. Number three, women's soccer is the preseason pick to win the West Coast Conference. Eight of a possible nine first place votes among the coaches. Santa Clara ranked fifth in the country, picked finished second. Pepperdine number 17, third. I mean, that it's a fantastic soccer conference. Jamie Shepard, Leveni Vaca, who was on the show yesterday, and Olivia Smith are preseason all West Coast Conference selections. And last night, the Cougars held their alumni game, winning nine to nothing. Mm. Welcome back to Southfield, moms. Thanks to four goals from Bella Felino. Bella. Doing her thing. We were talking about her and her potential hey, the other day. Big time, man. Uh, Courtney Wayman continues the best year ever. Like she's maybe so awesome, ever dude. For a female at BYU. Male, female, it okay. don't matter. Six. She finished sixth at the Monaco Diamond League with the third fastest time in the steeplechase ever by a United States woman. Her finishing time was 9:09. Now I just want you to listen to what she has accomplished the last year, Jerem. Okay. NCAA title, NCAA record, first United States team, and a few days after her 24th birthday does what we just talked about at the Monaco. Magic at Monaco for Courtney Wayman. Her year has been better than yours. Whoever, yours, yours, every, mine, her everybody. Her personal best like, entering the season last year was 9.23, so she's regularly besting yeah. that by like 15 seconds. That's a ridiculous amount. That's crazy. And former Cougars Paisley and Connor Harding signed to play in Germany. Paisley with the uh, Giro Live Panthers, Osnabrück. Yeah. And uh, yep. Connor with WWU Baskets. That's not a wrestling. Woo Baskets. Woo. <laughs> Woo Baskets. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The final Independence Tour for BYU football. Just over three weeks away, that tour begins in Tampa at the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Raymond James Stadium against USF. In how many days? Uh, yeah. Countdown to the Bulls. 23 days. 23 days. I'm Michael Jordan. Exact. Yeah. Come on now. We are, we are three weeks from Saturday from a game. Not a practice, a game. And BYU has, we think, some things to prove. Certainly, they want to get a little bit of vengeance against USF and Jaron Hall specifically for what happened. and Maybe prove some things that the BYU team can go on this, the road to Florida early in the season, win a game there. But Jaron, it goes without saying, BYU has bigger fish to fry. So specifically, what does BYU have fish. to prove this year in their final year of independence? I'm saying three things. Okay. One is BYU proving it's ready to go into the Big 12 and not just be in the Big 12, but compete, compete, compete. in the Big 12, right? You need to show well against Power right. Fives. You need to win 10-plus games again, right? right? Yep. If you can do that against this schedule, BYU's got a good team, but like this schedule, you got four top 25 teams walking into the season. Hey, sure, that's sure. something. I think just like 2021 needed to validate 2020, I think 22 needs to validate 21 to oh, you, some degree. You believe there, there needs to be some more validation. Let me explain why. What we don't want is for 21 to have been an anomaly. Like, oh, BYU went 6-1 and one versus Power 5s, 5-0 versus Pac-12. Well, that was the exception. What we want is for BYU this year to go like 4-1 and one against those P5s again and be like, yeah, BYU can Even play a winning well. record. Even a winning I'd record. I'd take 3-2. and two. 
Yeah, three and two would be tremendous, especially because these teams are better than the teams BYU played last year. Um, and then the other thing is to finish off the rivals in style. Sure. Uh, sure. Or just win, period. Utah State and Boise State are two teams that BYU may not play for a while again. Yes. We don't know. Yes. I hope BYU plays Utah State um, occasionally. Yeah. I don't need a Boise State game anymore um, because Boise State's a good program. You're playing a Power 5 schedule. Um, I would like to play Utah almost every year. It sounds like – well, I'd like to play them every year. But it sounds like BYU and Utah aren't going to play every year. We're thinking, I don't know, six to eight times a decade. So finish off the rivals. Uh, Utah State, you're not complaining what? Boise State won last year. We know all that drama. So those are the three things that stick out that BYU sort of has to prove this year. Sure. Everybody's watching under BYU under a microscope, especially in Big 12 country. All right, what are the Cougars made of? Let's see. Like, we know what they did last year. But now that they have the Power 5 invite and it's been a little while and we're – bearing down on that date, like, they're going to be under a microscope for sure. Like, are they really a Power 5 team? Can they really compete in the Big 12? Let's see. I'll have Texas and Oklahoma in there for the first few years. Is BYU a team that can actually win a Big 12 title? Those things will be discussed and looked at. So I'm with you on that. Proving some things that you can go and absolutely compete right away to win a Big 12 division, if there are divisions, who knows, or get to a Big 12 championship game. I'd take a division title because that means you're probably in a New Year's Six. Now, we'll see if, like you said, if there are divisions at all. The second thing that I thought about was BYU has some individuals that need to prove their mettle and their worth in NFL eyes. Yeah. Like, this season is so critical for a guy like Jaron Hall. Mm -hmm. This could legitimately, like, if he plays okay, maybe he's like a fifth or sixth round draft pick. He's late running. If he's not good, like, good to great, then he slides, right? So this season He, he could be undrafted. Right? Exactly. Like it, he it can, can go, go first undrafted. He goes so poor that it's yes. like, oh, yeah. man, he just kind of fell off the radar. But if Jaron plays well, then we're talking about maybe pushing his draft stock from third round or fourth round up into the first round. So that is what, on an individual basis, a guy like Jaron Hall has a lot to prove this year that he is an NFL quarterback and not just getting into the league, but a guy that can go and be an impact player. Like, if he's the first-round draft pick, he's the future for a team. Yes, and he has to play all 13 games, Spence, in my opinion, to yes. really prove that. Now, he could play like 11 or 12. His and durability pro is probably in do question. Yes. He, ne he needs to have luck in that regard and skill to avoid certain – situations that being injured happens sometimes and especially when you have the rock as much as a quarterback there, there are plenty of other guys on this BYU team that feel like they are NFL players mm -hmm. Puka Nakua Isaac Rex Blake Freeland and Campbell Barrington are on Clark sorry Clark Barrington are on most Campbell NFL later. draft boards yeah Campbell yeah. later right we yeah. expect Campbell to show up there too totally all of those guys have a Peyton, lot to prove Keenan. Those guys off the radar, yeah. I'm glad you brought them up. That's who I'm getting to next is they're, they're a little bit off the radar. They can play themselves into an NFL spot with a great season and their own durability. Yes, whether that's picked or not. Because we've seen a lot of BYU players have lengthy NFL careers that weren't drafted. Sure. Daniel Sorensen, undrafted. Taysom Hill, undrafted. Like there's, Michael Davis. Michael Davis. There's undrafted guys that make an impact, right? And then there's the highly drafted guys who are doing great stuff. Kyle Van Noy, Fred Warner, and others. Jamal Williams. Right. And I know it's a team game. I, I totally get that. But, like, let's not overlook the fact that these individuals can set themselves up in a major way for their NFL careers with a great season as a team. When you win as a team, people typically notice. You are have more eyeballs. You're in more ranked windows. Like, 
Yeah. Networks can put you in better positions to yeah. be seen. I, I, Dax Milne's a great example of this. If, if Zach isn't the number two pick, I'm not sure Zach's drafted. Like, Zach, uh, Dax would get into a camp and, like, compete and probably make that roster regardless. But, like, the idea of getting yourself into the seventh round, like, did Chris Wilcox get in the seventh round because BYU had a stellar year? I think so. Like, obviously his speed and skill are number one, but, like, when you – when you watch Zach Wilson film, you're staring at that left tackle, too. Third round, Brady Christian. That all helps. It builds on each other. Yes. BYU can prove that they have fully adjusted to handling a Power 5 schedule this year. Two years in a row, right? it's now a streak. Like, exactly. it's a trend. It's not a one-off. Then you can throw 2020 out with, like, well, that didn't play anybody in 2020. It's like, well, well now 2021 in a row. and 2022, yeah. they went 6-1 and one against seven Power Fives in 2021. If BYU has a, two a winning record against what we think are going to be tougher Power Five opponents than yeah. last year this year, yes. then it's like, okay, they're ready for the Power Five. So to me, that might be the most important thing, Jerem, is that when BYU knows they have at least nine or ten Power Five games on the schedule – if they can put back-to-back years like this, they've shown me, they have proven that they are ready to transition. It won't be like this crazy hard learning curve when they go to the Big 12. No, their schedules have prepared them, and it will be a slight step up, not like just major smack in the face of going from yes. three or four power fives to ten. And this is why I don't pound the schedule anymore, because the purpose of the schedule changed. All of a sudden, BYU's P5 became a ramp. Uh, or Independence became a ramp to Getting P5. them ready. Yes, if BYU goes 3-2 and two this year and they're 9-3 and three in the last two years against Power Fives, they're ready for the Big 12. Now, will BYU have the same personnel to compete in the same way going into next season? They would need a lot of transfers. Hopefully they can recruit that and, talent yes. at a better level because they played so well. That's the hope. The reality is BYU is not going to replace one-for-one one, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua. Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland, Peyton Will. Like, there's going to be a lot of dudes. But you do put Kingsley Suamatia suddenly at left tackle sure. starting next year. You put Campbell Barrington, Maybelline Clark spot. Like, the hope is that you can approximate that and develop and get young guys' experience. The reality is next year is going to be a different um, expectation going into the first year of the Big 12. That's okay. I'm eyeballing 2024 as like, okay, can BYU get after that first year? Now we're ready to win this title and sure. send Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC yes. and at least compete. I'm not saying BYU needs to win the title. Just compete. And I'm excited about what BYU has done with this group. you got to be able to keep Aaron Roderick in this, in this process and Fessy and, and these tremendous coaches who have helped build this. They've locked in Kalani. It's an exciting future right now. 2022 is going to be an awesome season, then let's go from there. The schedule, to me, this year, if they can handle it, certainly if proves you, that if, they are ready for yes, the Big 12. If you can handle 22, you can you compete for a title in the Big 12. Prove that this year. That's what BYU can prove. And with that said... 23 is going to be uh, will require some great recruiting to compete for a championship. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like you were saying, proving that they can handle the schedule also would include wins over all of those rivals that you might not see for a while. That's you know, that's all. Those are all great. Those are all feel good things. That's like, hey, see you in a while. We just kicked <laughs> your butt. Okay. I'll take a one point win over both. Like I don't even. Yeah. Beat USF. Yeah. Beat Baylor. Stun Notre Dame. You know, if, if you want to get angry that they're not coming to pro, all of those opportunities Use, are out there. Right? Listen, be, be Michael there. Jordan in the last dance, and I took that Ruin Boise like, State's run at a potential G5 New Year's Six spot. They ain't doing Come that. On. They don't have the team to do it's that. True, they probably no, don't. it's just, just beautiful. What? Hank Bachmeyer? Are you kidding me? D- they won't do that despite having the greatest quarterback <laughs> in college football history. <laughs> all right. 
uh, engaging conversation that we would like all of you to join and answer our question. What does BYU football have to prove this season? In 2022, let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Hiram Farmer answers on Instagram. Sorry, what? Hiram Farmer. Hiram Farmer. That is a strong... Please tell me you do not live in Logan or Ogden. <laughs> okay? That's a strong name, dude. Actually, I love Hiram. That, that is a strong... That's a strong... That's a strong... <sighs> yes. Correct. <sighs> Correct. That's a man. He says, Tyler Algier was good, but the entire team was good too last year. BYU needs to prove they can still, or it can still play at the same level as last year. If not at a high level, with tougher games this year while mm-hmm. losing the workhorse on the ground. There is something to be said about yeah, losing Tyler Algier and still being awesome. And just being like, hey, you know what? That was a huge void. We filled it. And we might even be better than we were last year. We have a lot of trust in the BYU offense, the offensive line, and Rep. But Christopher Brooks specifically, which my one-on-one with him is coming up next segment. That's a great point. Travis uh, Tingy on Twitter. This should BYU has to prove that at their best, they're a contender for a New Year's Six. Okay. They belong not only with Power 5 or Power 4 layout, <laughs> nice, but potentially a Power 2 setup down the road. Mm. People will judge BYU's ceiling based on this year. I think, I think if, BYU, if BYU went 9-4, and four, people would still be like, dude, BYU's good. I, we, the, yeah. BYU doesn't have to have like an 11-1-10-2 to be like, they're in the mix. People respect BYU. And that's 40 years in the making, but it's also the recent, right? I want nothing more than for BYU to be in that conversation once again. Just be oh. like, it was so fun. Even though BYU didn't get into a New Year's Six game last year, it was they fun. were discussed all year. And the Pac-12 de facto championship was picked up by the national media. That was so much fun. Yes. 10-2 and two against that schedule got BYU noticed. I, even if we're they just calling the regular six. season uh, record now. Yeah. We're just going to ignore Whatever. the ballgame now. Whatever. We're going to a P5. We weren't motivated. Even if we BYU doesn't get into a New Year's Six, <laughs> if they win a lot of games and are ranked in the top 15 all yes. year, it is so much fun to watch that and just see how the media yes. handles that. Let's, let's hope BYU can go into November like 6-2 and two and just, okay, a shot. can They're we, can we get to 10-2? and two? Still Let's in the go. mix. Okay, coming up, an oddly specific prediction <laughs> from The Athletic for the BYU football season. And, uh, yeah, we've teased it now a couple of times, so let's talk about it again. Jerem goes one-on-one with the new running back, y'all. What's his plan to fill that void left by Tyler Algier? This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's just say you won the match. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. How about a top 10 matchup coming up this weekend on BYU Radio? Yes, please. The app specifically, 6 Eastern time Saturday as number three BYU goes to number 10 North Carolina. This is an exhibition game, but I dare say it's the greatest exhibition game in the history of BYU sports. They have a huge like, promo night for North Carolina women's soccer over there because BYU is coming to town. Also because they want to get the yeah, crowd there and the students sure. aren't on campus yet. For sure. Um, but huge game, man. We'll, we'll get a taste of how BYU good how good BYU is after this game. Uh, Greg Rubel is the only way to uh, take in that game. Yeah. There's no video streaming. North Carolina has any radio coverage. He Listen. is the lone voice of that game. Listen in, baby. We are live in studio. See, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan, who was a busy man at Media Day yesterday. Yeah, I spoke with uh, RB1 Christopher Brooks about spring and now fall camp, his fellow running backs, and expectations this season. All right, Christopher, Chris, what do you prefer, man? Uh, 
whatever you're comfortable with. I don't care. You know, Topher? You can go Chris. <laughs> now you, now uh, you prefer Chris? Chris yeah, Chris, Chris. That's awesome. So, obviously, we've talked about your transfer from Cal to here. Now that you've been here in spring, it's been a, you know, a week and a half of, of fall ball. How's Provo been? How's BYU been for you? Uh, it's been fun. You know, it's been fun being able to hang out with the bros, you know, spend time with my teammates. You know, we're finally hitting the football field, so it's been great. You feel uh, like like you fit in well since you were here in spring, and now you know the guys, you know the offense, that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like I fit in great, you know, uh, and that's part of the guys, you know, helping my adjustment, pretty, you know, smooth. So it's been good. I'm sure this is what you wanted, but uh, you're expected to do a lot to be RB1. What's that like knowing? Okay, if you have a great year, which we hope you do, hey, you got a shot at having a special season and hopefully the NFL, right? Uh, I'm just taking it day by day, you know, any way I can help my teammates, um, I'm going to just do what I can, you know, whatever I do for other 10 guys on the field. And so that's as much as I, I'm going to do and, you know, however I can help. You're Christopher Brooks. You're not Tyler Ogier. You do what you do, right? But there's this sense of people aren't that worried uh, with you coming in here. What's that like to know that you have the confidence of a lot of people of, hey, even though BYU lost a tremendous running back, we've got a capable, capable dude in that spot this year. Um, it feels great, but, you know, uh, it all comes down to, you know, practice day by day and just finding something to get better at, you know. Find at least one thing to get better at every day, you know. And I think our coaches do a great job of coaching us. I think we'll be just fine. What do you feel like you do well? Uh, as far as what, football or sure. life or? Yes. Football. Yes. All right, football. Both. All right, well, in football, I think I, uh, I think I do well with uh, having my teammates back. You know, I think I, I do well with, you know, making sure that, you know, they know I do anything for them. Uh, in life, I just want to be a good person, <laughs> really. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you, you getting an uh, uh, graduate degree right now? Are you working on that? Or are you still an undergrad? Post-bac degree. Yes. I mean, well, not, well, kind of, it's a confusing situation. So yeah. post-bachelorette basically means you take credits to stay eligible to play football. Gotcha. Basically mean. Yeah. Awesome. So you could choose to uh, stay longer and get the degree if you wish, or you can uh, just leave, you know? Yeah. What, what yeah. did you uh, do an undergrad in at Cal? Uh, psychology. What do you want to do with that, if anything? Uh, I think I'm start a couple of businesses. Uh, probably go down that route. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's a good MBA school here, too. Yeah. 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 I'll just check that out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we talked to Christopher Brooks on uh, BYU Sports Nation. So um, you talked about what you did well. Aaron Roderick mentioned the other day that you're a tremendous pass catcher. Um, what role does that play in your game this year outside of actually running the ball? I think, you know, to be a running back, you got to be able to catch the ball as well as you can run it and block it. So you got to be able to do all of those things. And, you know, if you can only do one or the other, I mean, look at running backs these days, you got to do it all. So, yeah. Okay, let's walk through some of your fellow running backs. Tell me what you really like about their game or their person. Lopini Katoa. Lopini, uh, he has great hands, great vision, great feet. Jackson. McChesney, uh, one of the stronger running backs. Um, he knows the offense really well, and he brings experience. Miles Davis. Miles is probably one of our fastest. Uh, running backs, yeah, that's all you need, speed. Speed, speed kills, baby, speed, speed kills. kills. Yeah. Mason Fakahua. Mason Fakahua. Uh, Mason, uh, he's really intentional with what he does um, in regards to the cuts he makes and how he reads plays. Let's talk about the offensive line. You played football for a long time. The expectation is that this group is really, really good. 
what do you like about who they are and what they do? Uh, I like that um, they do work hard every day. And, you know, I'm part of the reasons because, you know, their coach, you know, does not play around. And Daryl Funk. Yeah. Hey, yeah. let's go. <laughs> you go to practice, you're going to hear him. <laughs> so, you know, they're pushed, you know, and I think that they have a great edge on their shoulders. Okay, in terms of size, like of O-lines you've played with and seen, they seem like a big group. What do you, what do you see? Yeah, I'd say. Can you see anything yeah. when you're running? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Not that sure, but, you know, <laughs> no, but, yeah. Well, I mean, like, they take up space. Oh, yeah, they yeah. do take up space, yeah. and, you know, and it's nice because, you know, they got some size on them. I can't go call a guy taller than me short, right? Right. You're not short. It's like, hey, you like, shorty. Dude, Braden Kime, even the back, 6'8", dude. Right, right. Like, Blake Freeland and these guys. What did they bring to the table in terms of physicality and kind of aggression that you think will be successful against Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas? Yeah, I think uh, they're great technicians, and I think they do a great job with their hands and feet, and I think that that's just something they work on daily. And so when, when they harness those skills, you know, they play at their best. You know, those guys are good. Talk to me about Jaron Hall. What's he like as a quarterback from your viewpoint? My dog, Jaron. Uh, Jaron, he's a, he's a real seasoned, you know, experienced guy who, you know, he's really in control, and, you know, he, he has confidence in, in himself, and I think that, you know, that helps him, you know, play calm and kind of just play through everything. What was your perception of kind of what BYU did last year, especially going 5-0 and against the Pac-12, being a Pac-12 player last year? Um, in college football, anybody can win. Anybody can win. Uh, that's one thing, you know, anybody has to understand is that, you know, that's probably the reason why college football is, you know, the greatest sport. You know, because anybody can win at any time. It doesn't matter. And so, I mean, you got a great team who plays hard. I mean, with the edge on their shoulders, that just shows that, you know, you could be anybody. You getting along with the Stanford guy, Houston Hamilly? Yeah. Got along <laughs> with him pretty well, you know. <laughs> Our roommate. Yeah. See him every day. So The nickname of, oh, your roommate? Yeah. How's he as a roommate? Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. You clean up? Yeah. Do the dishes? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He does. Houston is a good dude. Yeah. Not everyone watches the day. You know, I have former roommates, too. I know how yeah. it is. I know how it is. The game is maybe one of the best, if not the best, nicknames of any college football rivalry. What was it like to play in the game? Cal oh, and the Stanford. big game. The big game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was fun, you know, and there's a lot of history in that rivalry, you know. Uh, it goes back all the way, you know, for the 1900s, you know, and so it was fun. And a lot of people cared about that game, you know, and. It was always fun playing them. I mean, nice physical game. Uh, see him again this year, you know, except it's not rivalry. It's just another game. It's, it's Chris Brooks versus Stanford uh, with BYU, which will be fun. Right. Talk to me about games that stick out on the schedule for you in terms of quality opponents and an opportunity, obviously, to showcase what BYU can do and what you can do. Yeah, I think uh, USF or UCF. What is yep, it? USF. U USF. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that. You know, I think that game sticks out, you know, because. That's a veteran answer, by the way, the first one. Hey, I've been here. I've been doing <laughs> You've this. You've done this a minute. Done this, maybe I've done this a few times. Say you your know? first rodeo. Yeah, not yeah. first rodeo, you know, but yeah. First game, you know, always the most important. Yeah. More serious question here. Um, what have you overcome in your life that's helped you become who you are? Um, what have I overcome? Uh, you know, I think that, um, the trials and tribulations that I have, I don't really know any specifics, but I do know that um, anytime I make a mistake or anytime that I uh, misjudge something or make the wrong decision, I always learn from it.
That's awesome. Who are some of the major influencers in your life, whether that be family or otherwise? Uh, major influencers in my life. Uh, I really don't have any. I really don't have any. Uh, it's kind of weird because uh, I get I, I get asked that question a lot. You know, it's like who who impacts you or who do you look up to, and I really don't look up to anybody. I kind of just go with the flow and kind of just kind of like self-motivated, kind of like self-motivated, and I kind of I let my experiences mold me into the man I am today. And I think that kind of guides me and that gives me that edge, you know, gives me that passion um, why I love football, why I want to be, you know, want to be great. You know, I think that's kind of why. Chris, it was fun talking to you, man. Best of luck this year. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Chris Brooks, Jerem, he's ready to roll. He's ready to rock. Last year, uh, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry, 6.9 yards per catch. Had 21 total touchdowns at Cal. He is a Lopini type in his versatility. Obviously a different f player physically, uh, but he's RB1, and then you could argue 1B is going to be Lopini. So it's going to be a, a fun season rushing. Yeah, game. the conversation we had the other day about how much of a role he's going to have in the pass-catching game is a fun one because I thought he was his at his best at Cal when he was that guy. Just get him the ball. Like, in any way. I I'm excited to uh, see what he can do on offense, man. And Aaron Roderick said he's, he's uh, further developed as a pass catcher than Tyler was. Yeah. How do they implement that Go. with a little nuance in the offense? Okay, coming up, did we just see Zach Wilson's best practice throw with the Jets? <laughs> I thought we were discussing that last week. He had a great one last week. And if BYU could ruin one college football team's playoff hopes based on their schedule this year, which team do you want to see BYU absolutely wreck? Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is BYU Sports Nation, interactive show, your content throughout the day, fall camp coverage. Follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jeremiah Spencer. Welcome back to the show. It's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The Athletic made oddly specific predictions. Mm -hmm. For their preseason top 25 team saying BYU would have the same amount of giveaways, turnovers, 12 as last year. If I told you that happened this fall, what's your win total based on that number alone? I think the same as last year, 10 wins. Whether or not you want to throw in the bowl game or not to get to those 10 wins, fine, whatever. But if you only have 12 giveaways, which over 13 games is less than one per game, you are doing a fantastic job with ball security. I liked it in the article, they did say, BYU committed those 12 turnovers, and then they say the Cougars will have the same number or fewer miscues this fall. That's a fun idea. What if they have fewer? Then it, what happens? It was fun. Then it's a 10 or 11 wins. I think it's 9 to 10 wins if it's 12 again. Uh, fewer would be incredible. Jaron Hall took care of the ball so well. Only five picks. BYU coughed it up seven times and fumbles. Three of which came in the Boise State game. Right. Okay, so there were four turnovers in the Boise State game. And a pick. You're, four so of the 12. you're telling me four of the 12 happened in one game? That was that was the outlaw. You That's want to help BYU lost to Boise State? Four turnovers in nope. a season. They only turned nope. over 12 Twelve. total times. Well, that was incredible. BYU will be hard-pressed to do that again. That's really hard. Really tough. That's really hard. Really tough. All right, college football writer Tom Fornelli lists BYU as one of five chaos teams most capable of unexpectedly destroying somebody's season and college football playoff hopes. If BYU could wreck one team's college football playoff hopes based on the opponents on their schedule, 
Which team would you choose? There's only three that have playoff hopes. Notre Dame, Baylor, and Oregon. Notre Dame. I just think a win over Notre Dame always matters. We still talk about 94 and 04, even though yes. those Notre Dame teams weren't good. I kind of want Boise State to be undefeated when BYU plays them. I want Boise State to be really good. That's not going to happen. They won't. But they but do have a big It would be fantastic if they were in a position where BYU could go in there and be like, uh, it was cute while it lasted. You're undefeated in the top 20, but we got our vengeance, and now your perfect season is over. So I would love for that to work out that BYU could ruin Boise State season because, yeah, I'm petty and vindictive for what happened last year in the yeah. rivalry in play. Yeah. But beating Notre Dame and, like, BYU becoming like, oh, they're the independent team that could sneak into the New Year's Six now. Notre Dame's out of it. That would be a lot of fun. And if Notre Dame beats Ohio State in week one, great game. Notre Dame's cooking. Like, let's hope they beat Ohio State just to make that more interesting. ESPN's Pete Thamel released a list of top 25 up-and-coming potential future head coaches in college football. You listen to Aaron Roderick at 18. Okay. If BYU has another great season this year, should BYU be worried A-Rod could leave for a head coach job? Yeah, they should always be worried. Anytime your offense is cooking like this and he's placed now, we think after this year, back-to-back -back BYU quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe back-to-back first-round NFL quarterbacks. Sweet. Sweet then, you know, people start to pay even more attention to Aaron Rodgers. Like, what are they doing over there? So, yeah, I, I, I'd be worried. I'd be worried right now, like, just based on what he's done. Like, I'm sure teams are looking at him right now. They got to pay him what a lower-level uh, G5 pays, just in case. They got to keep paying him, because Aaron Roderick is the key, obviously, to what's happening on offense, not only as a recruiter, but a play caller. Just incredible. Hey, Rod, please stay in Provo. Yeah. As long I, as you like. I think he loves it here. I think he's happy happy here. Um, he's home, right? He's he's able to let loose, yes. unlike what Utah did yeah. with him. Hey, Utah, you could have had this. You could have had this. You, hey. didn't, you didn't let him. He's a peacock. He's got to fly. Hey, Rod, you don't need you to go anywhere else. You didn't let him fly. You don't need to go anywhere else. Hey, just be an offensive coordinator here forever. Just see Doug Scoville. He left for the NFL. He's hey. unhappy. He came back to BYU. Aaron Roderick is hereby called as emeritus <laughs> offensive coordinator. All those in favor, please make it manifest, yeah. okay? Yes. Big Game Boomer has released a list uh, ranking the best coordinator duos in college football. Speaking so of. We're expanding it from Aaron Roderick to Aaron Roderick and Elias Tuiaki. Hashtag drop eight, baby. He has them at number 20 overall. Is that mark too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right. Um, the combination of those guys is really good. E gets hammered a lot for the drop eight. Da -da, we're not... Hey, the, number, the numbers are good enough, and most seasons, pretty good, actually. And BYU doesn't win 10 games in spite of the defense, they won it with them. We think BYU is a top 20 team overall. Well, you can look right to their fits. coordinators. So, yeah, it feels like they're right at number 20. We think that's where BYU is going to show up. It's I think totally, totally fair. I think A-Rod's a top 10 offensive coordinator, personally, yeah. Um, okay, Zach Wilson went viral again yesterday for another great throw in practice. Is this the best throw by Zach this offseason? This is side-armed into Elijah Moore's incredible hands. I love that Elijah Moore quote tweeted this and was like, Swaggy Z. <laughs> <laughs> Swaggy Z is a new one. I haven't heard that one for Zach Wilson that's, yet. That's good. Uh, well played. Swag Daddy, Swaggy Z. Well, and it, it's almost like, I mean, he's kind of looking at it, but he's like looking at Elijah out of the side of his uh, his eyes. So it's almost like a misdirection throw, too, with the sidearm. That's Everyone just, wants to be Patrick The NFL Mahomes. picked it up. The NFL put it out there. And I was like, holy Zach Wilson. Zach has more highlights coming out from the NFL than touchdowns last year. <laughs> like, I'm excited <laughs> because he had nine. I'm excited for that number to be 20 plus for Zach. Sure. And he was injured for a few games last year. Yeah. Right? And he played for the Jets. <laughs> Courtney Wayman. We talked about her off the top of the show.
sound the best year ever. Ran the third fastest steeplechase time by a United States woman ever last night. She finished Maybe. sixth at the Monaco Diamond League. Monaco. These are the best runners in the world in large part, Jerry. Yes. Has any BYU athlete had a better year this past year than Courtney? Only one person can rival it in some way. It's Michaela Clough. Okay. Because she's the Herman, a Herman Trophy finalist, best player in BYU history, helps them to their best finish ever national runner-up, gets married, USA U23 team, and now she's in the NWSL. So, pretty good year. Yeah, that, that's She's true. the only like, person that can rival other, it. It, it. Yeah. I mean, Whitney Orton had a fantastic year, but it's not quite Courtney Wayman and Michaela Clough, right? Yes. Winning like, a natty, even Connor Mann's like, won a natty, it's like, well, what else? All incredible. <laughs> now, if you want to extend that conversation to former BYU athletes over the past year, then it gets a little more interesting with another soccer player, Ashley Hatch. She was yep. the Golden Boot winner in the National Women's Soccer League. She won an SB for the best NWSL player. Her team won the title. And she's playing with Team USA, the senior women's national team. Like, she's pretty had a awesome. pretty good year as well. But that's kind of a, an expanded conversation outside of hey, BYU. I love that we have several that have had amazing years. Hey, fun, fun to be at Brigham, man. Well done. Well done Winners. to the women. My goodness. Bringing it. Honestly, women, women, women better than the men. Here, let's go. Hey, men, show up. Coming up, rise and shout out to a BYU fan whose helmet is elite. Elite. This is one of the best things we've Truly. seen all year. Truly elite. Top Gun Energy. Plus, BYU Women's Volleyball Assistant Coach Dave Height takes a break from practice to join us live. He saw Aaron skipping out on practice and was like, hey, I want to skip out on practice too. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Media obligations. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Women's volleyball is back in two weeks and a day from now. All 16 women's volleyball matches live on BYU TV and or the app, including the season opener August 26th against Ryder at 2 Eastern. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio C. It's uh, time because, you know, this is what we do now a couple of times a week. We help a player or a coach get out of practice a little bit. <laughs> If they practice during the show, we yeah, got you. Yeah, specifically, it's it's Dave Hyde, assistant women's volleyball coach. Dave, you saw Aaron up there the other day in the stands, and you were like, hey, I got to get out of practice, right? I need a five-minute break. You know, I saw her, and I'm like, what is she doing? Is she, like, knacking or something <laughs> up there? But uh, I'm like, is that where, like, the good snacks are? <laughs> it always comes down to snacks. Like, Aaron, where are you it's going? All, it's always about, exactly. Take some reps. Let's go. Okay, uh, you started practice earlier in the week, a couple days in. How's it going in, in week one of uh, fall camp for you guys? You know, we're just happy to be in the gym, and the girls are showing it. They're super excited, lots of energy, a um, lot of smiles going on, and, uh, you know, they're, they're working hard. So it's been a really fun week. We always say, you know, you're having the most fun when you're competing and learning, and they're definitely doing both. Dave, this is uh, a true – Heather Olmstead team in the fact that we asked Aaron Livingston about expectations and, you know, moving past the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, and she kept going back to the, well, we just got to focus on one match at a time. And I was like, you know, Heather would be super, super proud of her right now. <laughs> but you're not a player, uh, and you're not, you know, I mean, Heather doesn't need to know about this. What's this the just key? between us. What's the key to taking those expectations from consistently getting to the Sweet 16 and going to that next step? You know, I'll first I'll first start out by, you know, saying the coach's answer where, you know, our goal is always going to be to win the WCC. It's sure. always going to be to work towards the national championship. 
as far as expectations go, it really is more of stuff that you control. Hey, we expect you to work hard. We expect you to be a good teammate. We expect you to compete. Um, but as far as the key, it's just going to be how, how much these girls want it. I think we have the talent in the gym. And, uh, you know, we just got to get after it, work hard. And uh, it's all part of the process. And if the cards, you know, fall the right way, we'll see. Okay, certainly there's a lot of confidence and experience in returning setter Whitney Bauer, middle blocker Heather Nighting, opposite Kate Grimmer, outside hitter Aaron Livingston. So talk to me about that second outside spot. We'll start there in kind of the battle of uh, uh, some freshmen who played a little bit last year and then some incoming freshmen as well for that second outside spot. Yeah, so we've got a lot of talent in the gym. You know, we've got, uh, you know, Elise and, and Sophia returning. We've got Eden and Natalie coming in. Um, we still have, you know, Alyssa. So we have we have a lot of talent, um, and they're just neck and neck, and they're battling. It's just really fun to watch and compete here in practice. It'll be fun to see how it pans out. And then second middle blocker with uh, Heather Knighting. Who's competing for that spot? You know, our three middles uh, for that second spot are, are Whitney McEwen, well, Larnis, and she's, uh, you know, the, the elderly statesman, so to speak. <laughs> and then you've got... You've got uh, the newcomer in Kate Pryor, and Free Albright is also coming back. And so, you know, we'll see how, how it, it, it all shapes out, but we've got talent there as well. He is the associate head coach of BYU women's volleyball, Dave Height, joining us live from practice. You're at home for the first two weeks, and maybe that's a little bit different than what you've uh, grown accustomed to over the past few seasons. How will being at home the first two weeks help you and maybe alter the course of your season? You know, the first two weeks when we're scheduling, we have we have purpose behind it. You know, we want to get strong opponents. Um, we want to play in front of our fans where, you know, where our kids are, are a little are more comfortable. Um, but, you know, we're excited for who we got coming in weekend number one, weekend number two. Um, we'll be able to, you know, put different players out there and see how they perform in matches. Um, but we are, we're thrilled with the schedule that we've got. Ryder Duke, Wazoo first week. Wazoo area McComber transferred from there. That's a fun matchup. Of course, Duke returning the game you had last year. Then Utah State, Heather's alma mater, Rob Nielsen. That's going to be great. Mountain West regular season champ. Cincinnati, what's up, Big 12 homie? And then Pitt. Pitt. Well, the only regular season loss. They're coming to Provo. And then huge games. Georgia Tech and Ohio State and Atlanta at Utah. And, of course, UVU runs out non-conference. This is a tough slate here. I'm really excited about week two, obviously, with Pitt coming to town. That's going to be a primetime matchup on the day that football opens up with South Florida. So, hey, you can watch that game in the afternoon, then go to the Smith Fieldhouse, right, and watch a, a mega matchup with, exactly. with the Pitt Panthers. You know, Heather did a great job with the scheduling. She worked hard. She wanted, a, you know, a schedule that would really test our players. Yeah. Um, and you can see that by weekend number two and weekend number three. Um, but it's it's just we've got opponents every single weekend that we're going to have to bring our best, and that's kind of what we want is, uh, you know, that consistent mentality of, you know, we got to bring our A game every time. Dave, how much of compiling this year's schedule, which we just documented, is loaded with high-level opponents, was based on last year and the conversation that while BYU was 30-2, and two, they didn't really have a ton of meat against top-level opponents. So how much of putting together this year's schedule was based on maybe some frustration with the lower RPI last year? You know, we talked about it, but to be honest, we didn't talk a lot about it. 
you know, we, we, there's a lot that goes into scheduling and we were trying to you know, schedule tougher teams last year, but it takes two to tango and some people don't want to come in here and play us. And, and I understand that and I get that, but you know, we do, we bet what, do the best we can as coaches and, and try to put the best schedule together. That's because you beat number one Stanford a few years back. Nobody wants to come to the field house anymore. Well, it, it's dangerous to play the Cougs, but uh, if you want to, uh, hey, in the Big 12, you're not going to have to worry about that. We're going to have uh, hopefully Texas coming to uh, Provo a couple times. That'll be, that'll be great. Okay, I want to know in your opinion where the best seat to watch a BYU women's volleyball match is. Like, turn it, like, show the, turn it around and point. And, like, where you – if you weren't a coach and, like, men's season, you're showing up to watch a match, you get to pick where you're going, where do you sit in there? Uh, I would pick two different places depending on what your flavor is. So, if you want to be close to the players, they're not up right now, but would be the seats behind the benches. Okay. I think yes. that's fun for everyone. But as far as coaches and really watching the game and seeing the game, you're, you're looking at just at the top the north and south end. Mm. And uh, you could just see the whole court. But, sure, uh, sure. You know, maybe it has a lot to do with when we watch, we scout. That's how we scout. But, uh, yeah, our, our season tickets in the men's games are not in those two spots. And so I'm just like, oh, there's the rest. <laughs> you know, just whatever different things are. <clears throat> All right, Dave. Uh, we were talking about snacks to begin this interview. So, naturally, we need to end talking about snacks. While you're watching a game in the Smithfield House, what's the best snack you have to have as you're watching volleyball? Uh, I'm assuming you don't mean while I'm coaching. Um, hey, if you want to, if you want to eat snacks while you gummies. coach, whatever. Probably sneak those gummies. You know, probably I'll, I stick to water and gum during matches. <laughs> okay. Um, if I'm watching though, I like I like popcorn. I like the Cougar Tails here. Yeah. Um, I'm putting a plug out for all the concessions. Yep. So. <laughs> Dave, it's great to talk with you, man. Uh, we wish you many wonderful snacks um, outside of actual coaching volleyball, but we certainly appreciate the, the well-thought-out insight into your team. Can't wait to watch this team get going in a few weeks. Thank you to your bow. Appreciate it. You guys do a great job with, uh, with the TV. So, Thank you, Dave. He is the associate head coach of BYU Women's Volleyball, Dave Height, hanging out of practice. Hopefully we gave him a nice break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An ice break or a nice break? A yeah, nice e e both. E either one. I don't know. Coming up, the Air Force pilot with the elite BYU helmet and photo. And what do you think BYU has to prove this season? More of your responses to our question of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Show's on demand. Make sure you download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today. You don't even have to uh, verify, you know, a TV subscription. You just yeah. get it. Uh, download the podcast as well. Subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what does BYU football have to prove this season? This is an interesting conversation. If you missed it, we discussed it off the top of the show, but let's get to more of your responses right now in Voice of the Nation with Mark Stevens on Facebook who says, they have to prove that they are ready to compete in the Big 12. This is a huge year for BYU, I believe. BYU needs to have a great year because, let's face it, to win on the Power 5 level consistently and compete yearly for Big 12 titles, they need to start getting more 4- to 5-star type kids. It's just reality. 
Yeah, the hope is BYU can uh, get more four stars and an occasional five star like Kingsley Suomatia, whether that's transfer or straight out of high school, that'd be great. It's going to be tough to get five stars um, and, and guarantee million dollar NIL deals out of high school like Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State and whatnot and those Florida. car deals. Like, that's hard. I don't expect BYU to get five stars on the reg or maybe at all. If they get any, it's great. More four star kind of guys, more fits with BYU that can win, right? And, and, I think getting into the Big 12 is obviously a game changer in recruiting where you're talking to certain kids that weren't going to talk to you before. Yeah, the, the Power 5 impact on recruiting has already taken shape to a degree for BYU, and the coaches have, have said as much. It's like, yeah, we're, we're getting indoors that typically we haven't gotten. It. Like they're, they're taking more phone calls from us is what they said. That's great, and hopefully nice. you get Britton Covey out of Timfew next time. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't want to lose a Britton Covey in the future. You don't lose a – Few more guys Who to wanted Stanford. to come to BYU? Yeah, let's get Houston Haymooley out of high school. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, comes from Bradley Perkins on Facebook. What does BYU have to prove? He says simply that they're better than Utah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's win a P5 title before oh, 11 man. years, and then we'll beat Utah. <laughs> it comes down to that for fans, right? Today's rise and shout out, presented by Mountain America. This is super cool. The official credit union of BYU Athletics. I love what we're about to show you. Shout out to Morgan Curridan, whose call sign is Mojo, stationed Woo! in, in uh, uh, he's from North Carolina, stationed right now in the Middle East, wouldn't tell me which country, was visiting Nellis Air Force Base in Vegas for Red Flag, a large force exercise with jets from different countries. Look at this picture that his friend took of him with his BYU helmet so and cool. his freaking fighter jets. It's amazing. It was so cool. Okay, he wouldn't tell me where he's stationed. Yo, I'm just going to do a low-level flyby. Yeah, Can you hey. go ahead and snap a pic hey, with your incredible me. frame rate? Catch my helmet. That's elite. So cool. Best of luck with everything. And oh, by the way, the Jets tweeted this morning, no, no, Zach Wilson, this isn't what we were referring to when we said fly. Take flight. Take flight. <laughs> Coming up the summer with Top Gun Maverick 2, like, that, that, yeah. that, there's never been a better picture. Brand association. Yeah. So great. All right, our thanks to uh, today's guests, Chris Brooks and Dave Hyde of BYU Women's Volleyball. Sorry, Dennis. We're Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Sierra Parker. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.